Amen. Just remain standing. Take your Bible together with me tonight. I would like to direct your attention to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Verse uh, 6 to 11. Our focus tonight will be verses 8 and 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return, There but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we now open our hearts and our minds toward the hearing of your word, we pray that the very promise that we read from Isaiah 55, that your word will never return to you void, without accomplishing for which it has been purposed, would be fulfilled in the life of every hearer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you are familiar with the expression, context, is king. Context is king. Which means it is always helpful and worthwhile to understand and apply principles, truths, based on the context and the meaning of a given situation or statement. For example, what does Isaiah 55 8 and 9 mean. I will read it for you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So I ask you tonight, What does these verses mean? 
How do you understand them in your Christian life? These words are often a portion of God's word that we have used many times for our life. And we use them during a difficult time in our life as Christians. And most of the time we use them to quiet ourselves because of the nature of trials and difficulties that we experience in our life. And using these verses, we say to ourselves and others, we have to submit ourselves to God's ways. We have to submit ourselves to God's thoughts. We say to ourselves and others, maybe others who are suffering, others who feel hopeless in this life, we always tell them, remember what God said in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. His thoughts and our thoughts, His ways and your ways are different. We always say these things. Now, when we do that, we are not wrong. I want you to understand that. But when we do that in uh, going to that direction only, we miss what the chief purpose of these verses is. So let's go back to Isaiah's time. Isaiah wrote this as if the children of Israel were in captivity. There has been all kinds of deaths in Judah when Isaiah wrote this message, this prophecy. Remember, the Babylonians didn't come to Judah only one time. They came many times and they destroyed the country. They destroyed the people. Every time they came, it resulted thousands of deaths among the people. Every time they came, greater destruction. Until finally they took most of the people to Babylon and they left. Do you know whom they left? They left the poor and uh, the weak and the beggars. Not only that. The only place of worship for the Israelites, the temple was destroyed. The Ark of the Covenant was captured. I want you to picture what was happening, what was going on in the life of the people of God, the believers, the remnant in Israel. Everything that they enjoyed was gone. Not only that, their worship before God was not genuine worship, and they knew that. And that is bad enough. Now put yourself in the mind of the Israelites, the believers in Israel. Put yourself in their place. How would you respond to, the, to your condition? 
What would you say about your relationship with God and God's forgiveness for you? These believers, they stopped singing, they stopped rejoicing. And you, you, you see that in Psalm 137. This is what we read. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remember Zion. On the willows there, we hung up our lyres. For there out our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And we told them, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. How can we sing songs of joy where we are now? Being under this condition. What the people were saying was, because of their trials, because of their trouble, they were saying, God will never forgive us. They were saying, we got what we deserved. So because of our sin, because of our sinful condition, God will never forgive us. There, there is no forgiveness in God for us, the people of Israel. The conclusion was, we're done. He will never forgive us. You see, they look at their circumstances and they say, God has rejected us and he has rejected us forever. They say, we have got what we deserve. So, this, so they say, this is a punishment. God is, God is punishing us and there is no forgiveness for us. We, we cannot be forgiven. You see, they were despairing as believers, as God's people. And their conclusion was, we will never be forgiven by God. That's, you see, that's when God, through Isaiah, spoke to them. And you know what God was saying through Isaiah? Your thinking is not like my thinking. Your thoughts are not like my thoughts. God was basically telling them, you don't understand my forgiveness. You don't understand the greatness of my mercy and forgiveness. At the time that they said we are done, there is no forgiveness for us. Listen to what God told them. This is what God told them. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. These are the thoughts of God. These are the ways of God. But the thoughts and the ways of his people were, no, there is no forgiveness for us. And God is saying, no, if you forsake your wicked ways, if you repent, what are you saying? I will forgive you. 
You see, the opportunity for repentance and for forgiveness is still open for you. Who told you my mercy has come to an end? Who told you because of what you have done, I'm not going to forgive you? Do you know my thought? Do you understand my ways? You don't understand. Have you been there, my friends? Have you been in a Christian life where you have said, my sins are too many for God to forgive me? Have you been there? That's where they were. That's what they were saying. And God told them, call upon me while I'm near. Forsake your wicked way and thoughts. You see, this is to the people of God who were doubting whether God will ever forgive them. They were that much sinful. God does not say, oh, your sins are not that bad. God will never say that. But God will say, repent. God will say, forsake your wicked ways. God will never minimize our sin. He will call us to repentance. But we need to understand God's nature. In Psalm 103, 10 and 12, the psalmist gives us a description of uh, God's forgiveness, 103, uh, 10 to uh, 12. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. You see the difference between our thinking, God's thinking, our thoughts, God's thoughts, and our ways and God's ways. This is the reason why Isaiah brought the message to the people of Israel in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Notice verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly forgive or pardon. And God gives them two reasons. I want us to look at these two reasons. The first one is in verse 8, my thoughts are different than your thoughts. And the second reason is in verse 9, my ways are higher than your ways. So only two, uh, two points in verse 8 and 9. First, my thoughts are not your thoughts. What does this mean? You all know that God created man in his own image. God created man with perfection. His holiness was perfect until man transgressed God's law. And the fall, the fall distorted the image of God in man. But one thing that man never lost 
even after fall, is man was still thinking. Man was still reasoning. Man has his own ways. Man had his own thinking. Even after the fall. But the fall upon man has caused his thoughts and ways to be against the thoughts and the ways of God. You need to understand that. Fall has affected the thinking and the ways of man. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to be sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because without those blessings of salvation, our thoughts and our ways are contrary to the thoughts and the ways of God. The scripture teaches us to think differently than God is to commit a sin, to be wicked. Every time your thoughts and your ways are not like His thoughts and ways, it is sin. God's thoughts and ways are eternally holy and separated from sin, not our thoughts and our ways. Apart from God's grace, God's thoughts and ways are always focused on God himself because he is the highest good. But uh, our thoughts and our ways are often focused on ourselves. That was the reason, you see. That was the reason why, after looking at their circumstances, they said, there is no forgiveness for us. You know, their thoughts and their ways were different. They were contrary to the nature of God's forgiveness. And God was telling them what? Forsake your wicked ways. Forsake your wicked thoughts. Because they never understood God's forgiveness. And why is that? In Genesis um, chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6. Verse 5. This is what the Bible says. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See? That's who we are. That's the description, the description of our hearts and the imaginations of our hearts are wicked, and they are wicked continually. That's why God spoke these words to the people of Israel. Because they never understood his forgiveness and the nature of his forgiveness. Man outside of God uh, don't have the high view of God but of himself. 
First, they had a high view of themselves as the people of God. And then when they sinned, when they failed God, they had this low view of God. He will never forgive us. Forgive us. We're done. We're finished. And God says to them, my thoughts and your thoughts are completely different. I focus on myself, I focus on my own nature and not your conclusion. I don't even focus on any kind of righteousness that you display to me because all your righteousness are like filthy rags. Rag. You see, God is telling them that uh, their thoughts and ways are different than His, especially concerning forgiveness. And that's the, 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 the main point here. Listen carefully. You and I forgive when we feel like it. But when, when, when the thought of what he or she did to us come back, we are not finished. And we say, I'm not sure if I am ready to forgive. We say, that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. He's not even sorry, we say. That's how we think. This is man's thought, not God's thought. You know, when God forgives, He forgives freely. When God forgives, He forgives without reservation. When God forgives, he never remembers it. You see, our thoughts and God's thoughts are completely different. You and I, we have, uh, we have a record of every sin that people committed against us here. And whenever we want, we just go back to them and remember them. We even count them one by one. Last year, this time, exactly at this time, you say this to me, you did this against me, but God doesn't even remember them. But because, you know, they were having man's thoughts and man's ways, it even affected the understanding of God's forgiveness because they said God will never forgive us. That was man's thought, man's ways. And God wants his people to have God's thoughts and God's ways. God wants us to understand his forgiveness. And then verse 9, his ways are higher than our ways. The example that we saw in Psalm 103 was the differences between heaven and earth. 
His ways are higher than us. You see, God was saying, don't measure me by yourselves. I don't forgive the way you forgive. I forgive freely, eternally, to the degree of forgetting them. You see, verses 8 and 9, Isaiah 55, are concerning God's forgiveness for His people. Psalm 103, 11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love toward those who fear Him. So, my thoughts and, you, and, and uh, my ways about forgiving are so far Superior to how you forgive. That's the message. So you need to have God's thoughts and God's ways in your life. It's amazing, you know. The description that Isaiah uses for God's forgiveness is this. God forgives. When he forgives, he forgives abundantly. That's a huge word in the scripture. What does it mean? What does it mean? When God uh, justified us, he, he granted the forgiveness of our sins. So when he justified us, when, we, when he granted the forgiveness of our sins, he granted forgiveness to us abundantly. What about now? When we sin as believers, when we seek forgiveness from Him as believers, how is His forgiveness? Overflowing. Overflowing. The Bible says, God's loving kindness is new every morning. If that was not the case, the Bible says, we would have been what? We would have been Banished from the face of the earth. You remember Peter, he came to Jesus. He was curious, but uh, the imaginations of his heart were not right. When he asked Jesus, well, if... um, a person sins against me. How many times should I forgive him? Seven times? You see, to forgive someone seven times for Peter was big. But what Peter did was he put limit to his forgiveness. Only seven times. Don't you think seven times is enough, Lord? Jesus said to him, I'm not going to tell you seven times, 70 times. Jesus was telling him, you should never put limitation, a limit on how how many times you should forgive. Jesus was telling Peter, this is man's thought. You're thinking as man. Your thoughts and your ways, Peter, are man's thoughts. Thoughts and ways, they are not like mine. Think like me. 
Your thoughts and your ways needs to be sanctified. You should think as I think. And I want to take you now to Psalm 136. One, two, three. First. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love, His forgiveness endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for His steadfast love endures forever. And then verse 10. To Him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt for His steadfast love endures forever. The one who saved us from the hands of Pharaoh while his people were still rebellious. And then verse 16. To him who led his people through the wilderness for his steadfast love endures forever. God was walking in the life of his people with mercy and forgiveness. And then verse 24. And rescued us from our foes. For his steadfast love endures forever. And how did God rescue us? Through the Messiah. Through his son Jesus Christ. He gave his only begotten son Jesus Christ to the world. So that anyone in the world. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ will have eternal life. Not perish, but have eternal life in Christ Jesus. So, beloved, if you forget most of the things that you heard tonight, I want you to remember this. God's forgiveness for us is greater than what we think and how we understand it. So do not measure God's forgiveness by man's thoughts and ways. But you and I, as God's people, we should have God's thoughts and ways in our hearts every time we think about God's forgiveness. Listen, if we forsake our wicked way, God will forgive. And He will forgive abundantly. Because His name is the God of mercy. His name is the God of grace. And grace is undeserving gift. From God. And that's the forgiveness of our sins. You see, sometimes people think God's forgiveness for me will depend on my repentance. No. Repentance is important, but God's forgiveness of us depends on the work of Jesus Christ for us. And it depends on God's mercy. And His mercy endures 
forever. Amen. Let's pray. A gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, help us to understand what Isaiah teaches us, what Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Even though it is not wrong and sinful to understand those verses in relation to all of us as God's children submit, submitting our will to the Lord in prayer and rest in God for what happens in our life and how we expect divine intervention in our life. But Isaiah 55, 8 and, 8 and 9 merely are about the nature of your forgiveness. So tonight we ask you to help us to forsake um, our wicked thoughts and ways and love God's thoughts and ways. Oh Lord, help us to study your thoughts and, and ways more and more in our Christian life by going to the scripture, by studying your word. Make us rich in uh, your thoughts and, and your ways, which are higher than our thoughts and our ways. We pray all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.